Let us turn to the word of God. The title of today's message is A Tale of Two Natures. A Tale of Two Natures. Today's message comes from Romans chapter 7, verses 7. I'm sorry, verses 14, Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25. Please rise for the reading of the word of God. Romans chapter 7, we'll begin at verse 14. I'll read, and I ask that you read, I'll read out loud and I ask that you read along in silence. Now, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, but what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good, as it is. It is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, It is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So, I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind, and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am! Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. Amen. Please be seated. Let us ask God for an increase in our knowledge, an increase, I should say, of our understanding as well. Lord God, we ask for an increase in our knowledge and love for you. Lord God, illuminate our mind, heart, and entire being so that we may receive the message of your written word. We ask that you would do all this in the name of our most precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me begin by introducing our message. 
Now, if you remember last week, I preached from Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 13. The title of that message was The Law's Purpose. I tried to show that Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, describes Christians as in need of the law of God because of outside of the grace of God, the law of God acts as a what? Taskmaster. Close. Taskmaster. Thank you. We saw that first, that because in the covenant of works, the law of God acts as a taskmaster or a slave driver. Remember over in Exodus, we saw that. It demands perfect obedience from us. Secondly, we saw that because the law of God functions as a taskmaster or a slave master, as it were, over us, we need our Lord's covenant of grace which releases us from his demands. And our final point, we saw that because the law of God acts as a taskmaster over us, in this covenant of grace, we are thankful for the obedience of our Lord Jesus. As a result, we are changed creatures in Christ Jesus and are in a true state of blessedness. Furthermore, we desire to love the Lord our God with our entire heart, with our entire soul, and our entire mind, and our, with all our strength. Now that I've covered last week's material, let us cover today's material. Today, the title of our message is A Tale of Two Natures. A Tale of Two Natures. Today I want to set before you that in Romans chapter 7, Verses 14 through 25, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, gives us a candid description of an internal conflict within Christians that is there because of because the father has allowed us to momentarily remain here on earth in an unfinished state of being. Did you all get that? I need to say that. One more time. A little bit slower. It's important you understand this. Romans chapter 7 verses 14 through 25. Paul gives a candid expression or description. A picture as it were. It is as if Paul is drawing a picture before us. Of an internal, not eternal, uh internal conflict within Christians that is there why because the father has allowed us to momentarily remain where here on earth in a what an unfinished state of being now that's pretty pretty thick I know that okay I understand. It's pretty thick. Later on, I'm going to take it off the shelf and I'm going to unpack it. And hopefully you'll understand it as we continue to go forward. Okay? But first, before I do that, I'd like to give some background information on the text. Some background information that 
many of us are really familiar with, especially by now, because we've been in Romans for a long time. And trust me, it won't be long. We'll be, we'll be leaving Romans. But for now, it's important that you understand who is the author. Why is it so important to understand who the author is before I, I state that? Well, it's important to understand who the author is because the author oftentimes, especially in this case, has authority to bring something to you that is very important. And you want to know who it's from. The Bible encourages us to what? Test the spirits. To test the spirit. Basically what the Bible encourages us to do, to know from where that message came from. Because if you receive a message from someone who was other than, say for example, in this case, Paul, who was an apostle of Jesus Christ. If he speaks in another name, a name that is other than Paul or any of the apostles of Jesus Christ or any of the members who were who are authorized to write and speak on the, in behalf of the Lord our God, you want to be careful. We want to be careful, right? We want to be careful, just as if someone was to one day pop up, pop up out of nowhere, right? And walk into this home. And for whatever reason, claim a message that is not familiar to you. You want to what? Be careful, right? You want to check this individual out. You want to make sure that this individual, this message that he's about to give is legitimate. Because he might walk in and say, you know what? I'm your daddy. <laughs> I'm your father. Or I'm your mother if it's a female. And you look at this person, never saw this person before, don't know nothing about this person. Chances are what? He or she is not, right? Your parent. So, you know, it's the same way with the, with the author of these messages. Paul is an apostle. He's a messenger of God, a messenger of the Lord Jesus. And he was chosen for this very reason, this very purpose, and that is to bring this, this message that we're about to receive this morning. So he wrote this, this letter. That's what I'm talking about here. He, that's where we get our message from, I should say. I'm the bearer of the message, but he wrote the letter and I'm trying to bring it forward in a way that you can fully appreciate the, the marvels and the majesty of this, this message and the importance of it. Amen? Now, I've talked a lot about that. So I'm, I'm going to um, also affirm the authority of the Word of God. This is the Word of God. Praise be to God. This is the Word of God. This, this is His Word. Paul wrote as he was inspired by the word of God. And because he was inspired by the word of God, he wrote only that which God had placed in his heart. And he wrote it in a way that those hearers at that time, which it is believed to be Roman Christians, it's, to believe, it's believed that these were Christians that were at one time Jews, and so therefore they were converted over to Christianity. And trust me, that was a big, big jump from um, um, being a Judaic 
for, for example, a person who is a Orthodox Jew or Judaic, uh, who are part of the Judaic religion, that's a big jump. But God is able to do all that he has planned and purpose for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so Paul is writing to these individuals, these individuals who are in Rome. And it's believed that he wrote this from Corinth in the year of 58 A.D. So it was in the first century A.D. that Paul wrote this. Yeah, let's begin to unpack this message. Let's take it off the shelf, as it were, and begin to unpack it. Now, how can we fully understand all this? Well, we can start by looking at the following three points. Three points. Point number one. Because the Father has allowed us momentarily, has allowed us to momentarily remain here on earth in an unfinished state of being, each day we must contend with the old sinful nature. Each day we must contend with the old sinful nature. Point number two, because the Father has given us or allowed us to momentarily remain here on earth in an unfinished state of being, each day we have an opportunity to subdue the old nature with the new nature. Point number three, because the Father has allowed us to momentarily remain here on earth in an unfinished state of being, we have an opportunity to be thankful with our new nature. So, I'll repeat these as time goes on, and hopefully you'll, you'll, you'll catch on. Now, without further introduction, let us move into the message of God. Now, let's begin with point number one. As I stated earlier, because the Father has allowed us to momentarily remain. Remain where? Yeah. Here on earth. Remember, we're here on earth. And we worship a God that is where? In heaven. In heaven. We worship a God that is what? Spiritual. Spiritual. And because he is spiritual, we cannot what? See him, nor feel him, nor touch him, nor smell him. Did I miss anything else? Can we hear him? I think we can hear him in a certain way. But no, we probably don't hear him as we hear each other in a manner that we speak to one another verbally. Probably not. No. But he does communicate to us. And he has communicated to us in an effective way. A very effective way. So effective that we know that even though we can't see him, hear him, feel him, taste him, any of those things that deals with this natural world as we know it, we know that he what? Exists. And that's how the Bible begins. The Bible begins not in a way, say for example, to try to prove that there's a God. The Bible, the writers of the Bible, the men who wrote and women who wrote or spoke as God had inspired them and moved them, that was not a concern for them. That was not a concern for them. Moses, who wrote, and I, am, I firmly believe that some people they might argue differently, 
Moses who wrote the, the Pentateuch, that is the, the law, who brought forth the law of God and wrote the book of Genesis. He began in Genesis verse 1 with, I'm here to prove to you that there is a God. Did he write that, children? No, he didn't write that, did he? What did he say in Genesis chapter 1? He said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He just, the implication there is that there's a God. I know this. We know this. The people who he was writing to, they knew that there was a God. And they experienced this God in a way that it is clear that throughout history, God has acted upon the hearts and souls of men and women. God has revealed himself in multiple ways to a point of where, you know what? There is no doubt that there is a God. When you look outside, when you look at the heavens, when you look at the sky, they proclaim the glory of God. Amen? Amen. They point to the very fact that there is a God. He is the creator. And we are the what? Created. Okay? There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Only a fool will say in his heart that there is no God. Because we know that nothing comes from nothing. Everything that we have, everything that we, pro, that we claim to be our own, it was what? Created by somebody. The shoes that you wear, the clothes that you wear, it was what? Created or made by somebody. And that person who made the shoes, even the shoes that you wear, they what? They planned it. They planned it out. They planned it out. And that's the kind of God we serve. We serve a God that from eternity has planned. He has planned to redeem and to gather. What do I mean by redeem? I mean to bring back out of bondage to the enemy, out of bondage to slavery and, and sin, out of, and, and to bring them out of that and to, to gather them unto himself. And he has done this in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen? Amen. That is the good news. Now, before I go any further, preaching on that, because I get, I get, when I, when I think about my Jesus, when I think about what God has done in Jesus, I can't help myself sometimes. Sometimes I just get so excited when I think about the things that he has done and I get off track. <laughs> I go down these paths, I like to call them rabbit Rabbit trails, you know, and I don't know where, you know, what I, what do I mean by rabbit trails? I want to, I know, I want to make this clear. I, I like Alice in Wonderland. Why do I like Alice in Wonderland? I don't know why other than I can watch that over and over again. But you know what? The first thing that got Alice in trouble was what? She was chasing after the what? The rabbit. Mr. Rabbit, Mr. Rabbit, she would call that pretty voice. I like that English voice she had. Mr. Rabbit, Mr. Rabbit, come here, Mr. Rabbit. Where you going, Mr. Rabbit? And the rabbit would be scurrying off. I'm late, I'm late for a very important date. I'm late, I'm late. You know, he would just be going on and on, right? And she'd be chasing after him. 
And throughout the whole story, that's what she was doing, chasing this rabbit, trying to figure out where this rabbit was going. And that's what I call rabbit trails. You know, I do that sometimes, too. I'll just I'll be reading the word of God. I'll be preaching or I'll be talking about the word of God. And I just follow. I just go along because you know what? I, it's always exciting. And that's the way it was that, that movie. Alice in Wonderland, it, to me, it's just a very exciting movie because it's, it's constantly changing the scenes and scenery and the stories and what Alice goes through. It's just, it's just exciting. And so it is with the Word of God. And at least I hope it is for you as it is for me. Now, um, amen? All right. I guess it sounds kind of quiet this morning. Now, now I'm going to make sure you're there now. Now, um... Let's deal with this again. We're here on earth. I made that clear, right? Yeah. And we are in a what kind of state of being? Unfinished. Unfinished state of being. Very good. Some of you are listening. Some of you are awake out there. I like that. We are in an unfinished state of being. That is that right now, right, we are in a, we, we, we be, we exist. And because we be and because we exist, we need to acknowledge our state of being. We need to think about what kind of state of being we're in. It is how do we exist? How do we exist? I know you guys think about that all, maybe all, not all the time, but I know sometimes it must cross your mind. Who am I? Where am I? Okay, who am I? What am I? Probably about the same thing. You know, when did I come here? And all you know, it crosses your mind. You know, I'm sure of it. So, but that's basically what I'm talking about. We're talking about the way we exist, even right now, today, here on this earth. Remember, this earth that that we live on. This too was created by God. So, um, that is our being. I'm talking about our being. We must contend with the old sinful nature. So, now, what Paul is talking about, let's go over here to the text for a minute. If you remember, over in Romans chapter 7, there was a lot of things that Paul said. And what he said, beginning, first of all, in verse 14, he said, first of all, we know that the law is spiritual. Paul had to make that clear. Why did Paul have to make that clear that the law is spiritual? Well, Paul had to make that clear because we don't want to make the mistake and think that the law is bad. Because the law is good. It's good. And for many, for, um, many reasons. But for the number one reason, we need to understand that it's good because it is spiritual. Meaning that it is from who? God. Very good. It's from God. The law is from God. And although it was written by men, it's from God. That's the, that's the very important thing you need to understand. It is the will of God revealed in the words of men. That's how God has acted with us throughout history. He has come to us in a way that we can understand what it is, what his will is for us, especially for those who are in Christ Jesus, those who by faith 
Those who are led by the what? The Holy Spirit. And that's even this message that we have here. Paul is writing. He was writing as he was moved by the Holy Spirit. And he wrote it in his words that he could best explain it to us. And that's why it says we know that the law is spiritual. That is, that is from God. But I am what? Unspiritual, Paul says. Sold as a slave to sin. Why would Paul say something like that? I am unspiritual. Well, you need to think about this for a moment. We need to think about this for a moment. Was Paul really, truly unspiritual? I would say no. He was not truly unspiritual because in every one of us it is clear. And the Bible, throughout the Bible, it, it declares that we are body and soul or body and spirit. So Paul is not talking about what we what we are and so much as what we have become. What we have become. And that is that we have become sinful creatures fallen in Adam. But listen, God did not create us this way. God created us in righteousness and holiness. But when we sinned against him, we became unrighteous. We became unholy. Is that clear? You need to understand. That's what Paul is acknowledging here. He's acknowledging the very fact that in Adam, we all what? Fall. We all fall. God has made it clear that we all have fallen in Adam. That is that we have we are no longer holy. We are no longer righteous as he had first created us. And so this is what Paul is talking about. Soul to sin. That's right. We were sold to sin. When Adam, Adam and Eve sinned, they, and, and they, they, were, they were basically enticed, as it were, or uh, led into sin by the Holy Spirit. But they had a choice and they had the ability to say no. They had the ability to go the other way. But they chose to follow the enemy. They, they chose to, 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 to subject themselves, as it were, to the enemy. Basically to give the lease over, from their, the lease of their lives over to the enemy. To sell themselves and to bondage, to sin. And that's what Paul is talking about here. That's what happened. And it's a tragedy. It's very tragic that that happened. Because if they had not done that, they would have received the reward of glory, which would have been eternal life with the Lord our God forevermore. But they chose not to. And so they plunged us all into deep depravity, into sin. I do not understand what I do. The result of this, Paul is saying, I no longer understand what I do. Because the things that I do... I do not do them because I so much want to do them as much as I, I, I just can't help myself. I'm in a position now that I no longer can help myself. And listen, Paul is talking about in the converted state, meaning that the regenerated state. That is, he, he, Paul was born again. He was converted. He talked about that in other, um, other books. 
And it's clear he was converted. He belonged to Christ. But there were still things that he was battling with that he's trying to bring forward here that we all battle with it. And that's why I, I talk about the internal conflict. Deep within every one of us, there's a conflict of what I like to call two natures. There's the conflict of the first nature for those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who are the elect of God, those who have been chosen, who have been, who have been called by God and united with Christ. We have the new nature. The new nature is a nature that has been transformed into the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is powerful. It is powerful. Yes, indeed. And not only that, we have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us and that preserves us and keeps us for all eternity. The Holy Spirit, it, it woos us, as it were, and it talks to us, and it, it tells us, it says, you know what? This is the Word of God. Yes, this is true. And you are a child of God. You belong to God. And don't you forget it. I'm not going to let you forget it. The Holy Spirit will not let you forgive it. forget it. But, but, there's an old nature that we must continue to deal with. And that old nature is just, is, is not as strong as the new nature. Matter of fact, it's, it's much, much weaker than the, the new nature. But it's powerful. It is powerful enough to remind us each day that you know what? There's other things that you can be having. There are other things that you can be having besides eternal life with God. There are other things that you need and you must have even just to exist. And what are those, some of those things that we have to deal with with the old nature? Well, some of the things that we have to deal with is what? We need what? Food each day, don't we? Have you ever tried to go a whole day without eating? I recommend that you try it. Because when you try it, you're going to find out that eventually your body will come to a point and say, you know what? Enough! <laughs> Enough! Feed me! Feed me now! Feed me now! Not, not later! Not tomorrow! Now! I need to be fed now! I remember when you were babies. God bless your soul. <laughs> You'd be crying. I look at the clock and it's what? What? Two o'clock in the two o'clock in the morning? What's wrong with this kid? <laughs> Three o'clock in the, what? Four four five two ten o'clock. It didn't matter to you. It didn't matter. It didn't matter that mom and dad had things to do. They were tired. They were sleeping. It didn't matter to you. Why? Because that's the old nature. That's the nature. The old nature. It's, it, it hungers and it is thirst for food. You got to have it. Water, right? You got to have it. Those are things that the old nature must have. Also, the old nature must what? Have sin. It must sin. It's, it's, it's just what it does. And so when you don't sin, guess what? Eventually, 
it will do the same thing as hunger. It'll start pulling on you. You know? Wow. That looks, that looks, that looks nice. I want that. Don't you want that? And you're like, yeah, I want that, but I can't have that. That's not mine. That belongs to someone else. Well, yeah, so what? <laughs> That's what the whole nature would do. And it'll tell you, like, so what? <laughs> yeah, we know that. <laughs> we know it's not yours. You can't afford it. <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have the means to get it. That's right. We know that. But guess what? You can go over there and take it right now because guess what? That person that it belongs to is not looking. Mom and dad is not here. Nobody's looking. Nobody, nobody's going to find out. So go do it. Go do it. Take it. It's yours. It's silent. It's silent right now, isn't it? Whoa, 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 whoa. Holy Spirit is... It's here right now, right? We know this. We know this. And this is what the old nature is, what Paul is talking about. But what I want to do, I do not, what? Do. But what I hate, I what? Do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is what? Good. Because listen, without the law, you shall not covet. Right? That's what I was basically talking about. Or you shall not steal. Without those things, guess what? The old nature is like, oh yeah! Freedom! <laughs> you know, let's go. Let's just go with the flow. Let's just do it all. Right? You see those commercials all the time on TV. Just, just obey your what? Thirst. Obey your thirst. Just do it. Live life to its fullest. You know, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to encourage you to go out and buy and, you know, credit, buy things on credit. You know, you, you know, you could pay for it later. Let me tell you something. That'll get you in a lot of trouble. And that's what sin will do. It, it'll get you into a lot of trouble. And you know what? In the moment, in the moment, it's sweet, isn't it? You got it. And as yours, you'd be walking away. You'd be like, oh, man, this is mine. Let me go home. Let me play with it. Nobody gonna know, but sooner or later, what somebody does find out, right? Because your sin will find you out. But I'm just—I want to stay focused here, and that is to say that you know what? I know what you're going through, and I know that it's sweet because that's the old nature. The old nature likes it, it loves it, it craves it, and even what it encourages you to practice it, which is sad. And so, but the law is good because the law, it, it was given to show us, to teach us that, you know what? This is not God's will for you. This is not what God wants for you. God wants something far more greater than this for you. And he, 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 he has sent forth his Holy Spirit to instruct you, to teach you. And he has given you his law to instruct you as well and to teach you that sin is what? Bad. Obeying God is what? Good. Good. Loving God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength is good. Obeying the law is good. Matter of fact, Jesus himself said, if you love me, obey me. Obey me. Do what I say. So, Paul goes on, he says in verse 17, 
as it is. It is no longer I myself who do it. Well, then, Paul, who is doing it? That's the question you should be asking yourself. Well, who's doing it? Who's causing me to, to do things that I, I, I shouldn't do? What is, who's causing me to do things that I know I hate? As a Christian, see, as a Christian, I'm talking about Christians now. If you're not a believer, it's not going to matter to you. None of this is going to matter to you. But for those who are in Christ Jesus, we sense this. And we begin to, as it were, in our hearts, in our minds, it, it just, you know, whenever I sin, God will, and I'm thanking him, I thank him. Lord God, thank you. And I pray this every day. Lord God, convict my heart if I sin against you. God, Lord God, know my heart. Do you pray that? Lord God, reveal to me the depth of my heart. Know my heart. So that when I do sin, convict my heart. Keep me from falling into temptation of sinning against you. Because when I do, I feel so bad. I feel so bad. There are times where I'm at tears feeling bad over it. Like, Lord God, I didn't want to do that. Change me, Lord God, change me. And you know what he says? Yes, yes. I forgive you. I forgive you. That's the kind of God we serve. I forgive you. And guess what? I'm going to give you what you need if you just continue to trust in me. If you continue to cling to me. I'm going to give you what you need to change all this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you victory even now, in this moment. And that is the victory, that he hears our prayer, that he receives us back in good favor. And he loves us as a father should. Listen, many times, and I'm just speaking to those out there, especially um, as, as a father, you know, there are times where I, I, I get very upset with, with my children, you as my, uh, with my children. I get very upset. And sometimes I find it hard even to, to want to forgive you for certain things. But then I do. Because I know that, guess what? You're my child. And I love you. And I want the best for you. And when you come to me, and you, and you especially when you, you admit that you have, have done something wrong, stole something, or lied, or something like that, do you know that maybe in that moment I get upset, but you know what? When I really truly think about it, and especially afterwards, I realize, you know what? That is a that is a moment of victory for you all, and I'm, I'm so blessed and I'm so pleased with your behavior. And the Father, our Father who is in heaven, who has allowed us to momentarily remain here in this state, He knows our hearts and He knows what we're dealing with, and He knows this. That's why Paul is writing this for us. To remind us that we're going to sin. But when we do sin, we can seek God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? So, you know, we have to continue to, to contend. That's what I mean, contend. That is to deal with the old nature, the old sinful nature for those who are in Christ Jesus. But we do not give up. We do not give up. We continue to trust that, you know what? I may not be. What I want to be. But at least I am not what I, what? Used to be. Amen? Amen? I may not be what I want to be, but at least I am not what I used to be. And I know and I trust in my heart that I'm, one day, I'm going to be like my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm going to be like Him. And sin will no longer 
the old nature, right? The sinful nature, the old sinful nature will no longer trouble me even. We as believers in Christ Jesus, we trust this. Point number two, because the Father has allowed us to momentarily remain here on earth in an unfinished state of being, each day we have an opportunity to what? Subdue the old nature with the new nature. Amen? That's what it's all about. That's why God has placed within us, as it were, he has deposited in us the Holy Spirit. So that each day we have an opportunity to overcome all this. We have, a, we have an opportunity to say no. No to sin. Not today. Not this moment. Not this hour. Not this minute. Not this second. No. I'm going to run. I'm going to walk away. Because each moment, God, he has made it clear in his word that he gives us a, a way out, as it were. A back door. <laughs> right? Amen? It's, it, listen. It's great to have a back door because guess what? If the front door is locked or if there's a fire and it's blocking your way, we can always do what? Go through the back door. It's the same way with our lives here on this earth. When we are tempted by the enemy, and we will be tempted, when we are tempted by the flesh, the old nature, we can do what? We can say, no. No. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I have been transformed. I have been endowed, as it were, with the Holy Spirit. I can say no. I can walk away. Can you do that? Yes, in Christ. Can you do that outside of Christ? No, you can't. Outside of Christ, there's no way, no way you can possibly do it. There's no way you can possibly, we even in Christ Jesus, there's no way we can possibly please the Father without what? Faith. And there's a trusting in Christ Jesus, a trusting in what he has given us. Amen? So each, each day with our new nature, we can subdue the old nature. Point number three, because the Father has allowed us to momentarily remain here on earth in an unfinished state of being, each and every day we have an, also an opportunity to be thankful for our new nature, to be thankful for our new life. That's what it should be. I should have, that's what I should have put there. Not, not our new nature as much as we should be thankful for, but our new life in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, we have victory. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? We thank God every day for the active and passive obedience of Christ Jesus our Lord. Are you with me now? Come on with me now. You've got to understand this. Because this is the life in Christ. Life in Christ is a day-by-day walk here on this earth. Forgetting yesterday and not thinking about tomorrow. Because tomorrow is not promised to us. But we have today. And we live in today. We live in this day. We live in this moment to what? Glorify who? Come on with me now. To glorify God. We don't, we're not here to glorify ourselves. We're not here to glorify, as it were, man. Because man, listen, we're weak. We're weak and we're without strength. That's even for those who are, are not for, only for those who are in Christ, but for those especially who are outside of Christ. And they know it. They know that their, their days are numbered. And that's why, why they can. They honor each other and they do all kind of things and they, 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 they eat and they sleep and they sin and they, 
they, they, you know, they're greedy and all this stuff is going on. Because they don't care about the things of God. They don't even know the things of God. And if they do know the things of God, guess what? They hate it to a point of just disgust. To a point of where they will ridicule you and they will do everything they can to separate you from those who do. Beware. Beware. But for those who are in Christ Jesus, we seize the day and we seize the hour for his glory. No, 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 no to the things of the world. No to no to the, the commercials. The commercials are begging you or they're doing everything they can to try to trick you to come out and to purchase, to buy on credit, to do things that you know that is not within your means and has not been given to you by God the Father. But for those who in Christ Jesus, we say no. But we say yes to our Lord Jesus. Yes to your ways. Yes to your will. Yes to the Spirit's leading. The Spirit's calling. And we're thankful for what we have. We're thankful for the food that God provides each day. We're thankful for the water, for the roof of our heads. We're thankful for each other. And even these things are what? Temporary. They're temporary. They're not everlasting. They're not eternal. But we must be thankful. When we're thankful, we're thankful because of what God has done in us and what he has given us. He has given us that ability to be thankful. He has given us that ability to to know him, to, to love him, to trust him. Use it for that. Use it to, to help one another out in their needs, in their times of need. Be there for one another. Use it to be there for one another, to build one another up, to edify one another, to encourage one another. Pray for one another. That's what Christians do. Amen? Are you a Christian today? Because if you're not, I pray for your soul. I pray that God have mercy on your soul. Let us close by remembering the following points. Let us keep in mind that because the Father has allowed us to momentarily remain here on earth in an unfinished state of being, each day we must contend with the old nature. That's right. We must contend with the old sinful nature. And how do we contend with the old sinful nature? We contend with it by, first of all, acknowledging that it's there. And then by number point number two, each day we take the opportunity, we seize the opportunity as it were, to subdue the old nature, to, to destroy it, to cut it off. Listen, if you are tempted, easily tempted to do certain things, like say for example, if you're tempted to steal most of the time and you can't help yourself most of the time, I recommend you don't go to those places or you don't be in those places where you know that you're going to be you're going to be tempted and you can't you're not going to be able to help yourself. You need to as it were cut yourself off from it. Just don't go there. There's certain things in my life that I know that I can't I can't I can't cope with. I just I got weaknesses. There are weaknesses 
Listen, I don't wanna, I'm not going to use myself, but I'm just going to tell you this. I have learned to know myself. I know thyself. And I, I want to encourage you to know thyself. And if you are having problems, say, whatever it may be, gluttony, uh, um, you know, stealing, whatever it may be, you have in Christ Jesus an opportunity to subdue those, to overcome those, to break down those strongholds, and to live for Christ. That is, to be thankful. That's point number three. To be thankful with our new nature. To be thankful in Christ Jesus. To be thankful. To be content. See, listen, when I say be thankful, basically what I'm saying is be content with what you have. Be content with who you are in Christ Jesus. Learn to live within the parameters of what God has established and what God has given you in Christ Jesus. Live for him, not for self. Right? Amen? You guys are quiet today. Don't listen. Like I said, you know, it's okay. If you want to say amen, if you want to, you know, listen. This is good news. Be thankful. Amen? Amen. All right. Amen. Okay. Let's pray. Lord God, Father in heaven, thank you once again for your word. Thank you, God, for, th- for reminding us that, yes, even though you have allowed us to remain here on this earth in an unfinished state. You have given us those things which we can depend on in Christ Jesus to live even now in a, in a victorious way, to have victory, to glorify you, the true living God. And that's what I pray for for each and every one of us. For all those who are out there are listening, listening I pray for them as well. Pray, Father, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon them this day, that you would keep them, that you would lead them and guide them into all eternity. And that, yes, today, Father, that we would seize the moment, seize the day to serve you, to worship you, to give you all the praise and all the glory, for you are worthy to be praised and to be honored in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in his name only we ask and pray. Amen. Amen. Please rise for the doxology. Now to him who is able to keep you and strengthen you, according to the divine revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, according to the mystery that was kept secret for a very long time, but has now been disclosed, and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory and honor both dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Please hug one another and enjoy the rest of the day.